For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 243 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we are safe in our podcasting bunkers, hands washed, not touching our face and shit. I have the 50-gallon drum pump-action Purell over here right next to me. Buddy, let me tell you what the last two days have consisted of for me. Okay. Because you know, I'm an anxious dude. Oh, yeah, you are. And I have a pretty intense fear of death. But the last two days, I have been having to focus and remain as calm as possible. Because if I lose my shit, that means there's two people in the house losing their shit. And that's oh just goodness. chaos. So, dude, my mom, oh, my every time goodness. I talk to her, she's like, you be careful. You just, yeah. you be really careful and, and dude, you wash your hands and you don't touch your face. And I was like, got it, mom. I got it. I got it. it. Well, so the other thing is, is like Jesse's grandma just got out of the hospital for pneumonia. Yeah. Elderly lady. Right. My grandmother currently going through treatment for lung cancer also at risk my mom has copd yeah so yeah like i'm just hoping neither of our families get hit by this nonsense and i would like to say that i don't feel like the anxiety is unjustified i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying one of us has to be like hey maybe get off your phone for a little bit because today I was in the bathroom and Jesse, like five, she was like, oh, oh, looks like there might be somebody at Jefferson State that has it. Oh, no. But, uh, this and this is going on. Oh, no. But like just spitting out news stories. Yeah. And I know for me, that only ramps up my anxiety. I, I mean, you have to do it your civic, like your personal duty and keep up to date. But like I... I know I'll fall down a hole and just read and read and read and get anxious and anxious and anxious. 
Well, this may sound incredibly nihilistic, but it's it's time. Like it's you know speaking world worldwide. It's time for a pandemic or a large war. Like things have been going really well for a while, and these things happen. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they happen throughout time. Yeah, and but it, that doesn't help ease the 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 fact that things like this happen doesn't ease the fear of oh I'm gonna die. But what should is that you're living in the most advanced medical age that humanity has ever been in when one of these pandemic things happen. That should bring you a little safety to my, mind. My personal nagging anxiety that's going on right now is, like, let's say all everything shuts down for a couple of weeks. Dude, that's going to be a financial hit as far as mine and Jesse's jobs are concerned, you know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So it's just, you know, but I don't think you're looking at that right now. The only really canceled things are maybe some schools, Disneyland, Disney world, you know, events, places where people gather concerts, right? I got tickets for the monster jam. A kid likes monster trucks, had them for tomorrow. And Mississippi's like, Oh, we're we're worried about the coronavirus. I think we got one case. Better shut down everything in here. Well, you know, you I can see where you're coming from there, but I also can see like better safe. Like than I sorry. get it, better yeah. safe than sorry. I get it. I'm my kid will see monster trucks eventually, but yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> trust me, monster not jam. That important. It kind of just circles Mississippi and Alabama. <laughs> but there's <coughs> oh no, oh no, it's starting. Um. The other thing is, this may be a yearly thing. There may be coronavirus season. Like, it'll be along with flu season. Like, if there's, you know, not an effective vaccine or if it still hits just like the flu, even if you do have the vaccine, it just hits less hard. I mean, this may be something that, you know, we deal with forever. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> secondly, so today, Jesse and I were just sort of talking about, like, you know, we should do our duty and like what what do they call it? Um not self quarantine, but like practice social self isolation. Social distancing, you know? Yeah. Maybe we no don't go out. To, yeah, well, obviously. Dude, since since it really first kicked up, we've been on the hand sanitizer super vigilant thirty second hand washes train. Oh, you can't you can't get it here. Like uh Hand sanitizer is sold out in every store in Tupelo. Right. And if you want it, you got to be at the grocery store like the first hour after. Right. So um, today I was like, she was like, well, do you think I need to go like food shopping? Do I need to stock us up on stuff? And I looked at her and I go, do you think it'll make you feel less anxious if you do that? And she's like, I I really think it will. So she went and did some shopping. We didn't do the crazy go buy 400 rolls of toilet paper thing. No, just and I've and seen, got... you know, they're hitting the toilet paper so hard. I mean, I bought a case just because there was some there and I don't want to be the idiot that needs to wipe my ass and all of a sudden there's none on the shelves. Um, but I'm not buying cases and I didn't buy multiple cases. You know, I bought a pack of toilet paper because, you know, I'm getting low and I bought a pack of paper towels because, right. you know, I got one paper towel left in my spare, you know, like, no, no, no. That's totally I'm not hoarding, but no, I am. I did buy some bottled water. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I got some dry goods. I got, I got a couple boxes of pasta, some beans, and some rice, like things that keep forever. So that, like, if something really bad does happen, like there is at least edible food in the house. Like, exactly. Not, 
that's kind of our thinking and not produce she just went and stocked us up on some tasty business so we're good to go you know not crazy um hoarding peanut butter and mayonnaise and And like toilet paper it sounds to me rubbing alcohol like jesse had the exact opposite experience at walmart that you did last week where she said it was packed and it was crazy but everybody was being super nice well, maybe they got my uh, angry. <laughs> maybe they got my angry. They listened to that bullshit at corporate. Buddy, might I add the responses to last week's episode? Oh, really? In your heartfelt tirade against Walmart, there was quite I, the reaction. There was quite the what? The, quite the reaction. People were like, oh. I, I didn't know he had it in him. That I could get that mad? Yeah. They haven't heard that on the podcast. Yeah, then, I haven't. I don't get, and I honestly, in life, I don't get that mad. But like, I was fucking mad. Like, I haven't been back to Walmart since, by the way. So we've known each other like fifteen or sixteen years at this point, right? Yeah. I would say the amount of times I've seen you get that mad, I don't. I think I could count it on one hand, maybe two. Yeah. It, it is a rare occurrence. And then you know what it ended up reminding me of? I totally forgot about this. Do you remember the time we went to Best Buy to get a new modem and wireless router? Yes. Um, so I don't know what happened. We go to Best Buy, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at the options, and I ask someone who works there for some advice. This guy looks like Hoggle from Labyrinth. Yes. To paint the mental picture. Oh, no, no. Looks like Hoggle, right? And he comes up and he's talking over our options. I decide on a couple and we're just about to leave. And he goes, can I ask you something? And I know what this is. By now, I know the tone of what he's going to ask. I know where we're going. And he's like, "Why, why are you in the wheelchair? So I explain it to him. And then he goes on this this not a tirade but this rant about his girlfriend's son who is in a wheelchair do you remember this yeah and he goes and i just look at that boy and i think and i know you can relate to this he's never gonna know the touch of a woman oh god he said he's never i know you can relate to this he's never gonna he's never gonna know the touch of a woman and we just, I had to bounce out. It made you, like, I'm used to hearing crazy shit about that. And that's the sort of funny thing about the experience is seeing someone like you or Jesse or Goose or someone who's not used to seeing that happen. Yeah. Their reaction is always more severe than mine because they're like, what the fuck did they just say? Because mm. you're so shocked at the, at the, it takes a second to process it. And mm. you're like, Maybe I heard it wrong. And then you play it back in your head. You're like, no, he fucking said it. He really fucking said it. Like, yeah. And then some dudes, if you're at the bar, are like, yo, bro, does your dick work? I'm like, that's not fucking appropriate. That's not fucking oh. appropriate. Oh, I my hate God. that shit. I fucking Dude. hate that shit. I, so uh, I actually told this story to our buddy Michael, Michael Smith. He came into town this weekend. My buddy Michael. Yeah. So I got to see him for a little bit. And I was telling him this story about the second time I ever went to visit Jesse's family 
um, in Texas. Yeah. When we got to Texas, we went out with a friend of hers from high school and her husband, fiance, boyfriend, something, right? Yeah. This dude named Aaron. And we go out with this dude. And the night, you know, we, we go to dinner, we go to a bar afterwards. And when it's time to leave, um, Jesse's hanging back talking to her friend. And I make a beeline for the car to put up my wheelchair, get mm-hmm. ready so we can leave. So I'm standing up by the trunk of my car, putting my wheelchair in. And this dude comes up and he starts looking around all shifty. And he goes, hey, can I ask you something? Oh, I hate there it. it is. I hate it when it starts out like that. There it is. Can I ask you something? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he goes, and he looks to the left and he looks to the right, like looking to see if anybody's around. And he goes, you can fuck, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Like a champ. (laughs) You better believe it. All day or day. If there's one thing I like more than rolling around in a wheelchair. So, hey, don't do that to people in wheelchairs. There's a little... Public service announcement. Practice social distancing. Wash your hands. Don't ask dudes in wheelchairs if their dicks work. (laughs) Anyways, we're a Star Wars podcast, and uh, we're going to talk about Clone Wars and the rise of Kylo Ren number four this week. That's our pretty much our only two topics of discussion. And then we're going to hear from you guys. Might be a little bit of a shorter one this week. You know. Got to get busy living or get busy dying. I don't know. I don't know, man. But anyways, uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you send any questions, comments, or voice messages that you may have. Also, uh, we have a YouTube channel now. So check that out. Just search for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast on YouTube. Or look at the show notes for this episode. There'll be a link in there. And if you enjoy our goofy little show and would like some bonus podcast content, well, boy, do we have something for you. And that something is a Patreon where you can sign up and get a variety of rewards and all kinds of bonus shows that we post. Well, what kind of bonus shows? Well, how about where Will shares a recipe with you? A nice, calm, relaxing ASMR style. I don't know that it's ASMR, but I guess it's whatever floats your boat. Cooking with Will, that's that show. What about where it's me uh, by myself talking user-submitted questions and comments? Oh, no, it's Hall Solo. What about me and Jesse? Where Jesse... But pokes me and prods me and ramps up my anxiety about death. That's Jaws. Uh, we have Blue Harvest Adventures where we play the Star Wars role-playing game. Uh, that one's a lot of fun. We have Star Wars Year by Podcast where me and Steel go through the Year by Podcast book and talk about pretty much anything than what's in the book and some of the stuff in the book. Uh Masters of Harvest Kasi, where King Tom and I talk about Star Wars video games. Uh, Podula Rasa, where Je- not Jesse, Emily and I go through a show that we enjoy and talk about a good episode and a bad episode. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting. Steve versus the prequels. Haven't done one of those in a while. 
I'm trying to get Steve into the into the uh, studio. You should get Steve to do like a toy update, like Steve style. <laughs> when you do the next one, he'd be like, uh, you know, you can get this toy here and you can buy this toy here. Retails for something ninety nine. Like just that's it. Steve Cobra's favorite segment, favorite segment. <laughs> like, like I'll, I'll be like, Steve, I got an idea for a new Patreon show for us. I don't want to tell you it. I want to surprise you with the format. So he comes <laughs> over. He uses, you know, he spends some of his free time coming over the house, sitting at the dining room table. I get it all set up, and I'm like, all right, Steve, you want to talk about newly released Star Wars toys? <laughs> and he'll be like, fucking come on, man. <laughs> What? Anyway, if any of that sounds like it would be of interest to you, to check out patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Uh, and that's the business. If I ever can, I'll have the old Goose Payne back on the cooking show. That was a lot of fun. Oh, man, that got a good response, too. The opportunity is not often, but it would be cool. Good old Goose Payne. Goose Payne and his pellet smoker. Those things are cool. Traeger pellet smoker. So, um, how how has your week been otherwise besides coronavirus-related happenings? You know, it's been fine. It's been fine. It's been super rainy. I uh, My yard is getting real tall, but it's mm. mostly clover, mm. and I fucking really don't want to mow that bitch because mowing clover is like, I, I, I don't know, it's the toughest thing to mow. Like, it stops the mower quickly and it turns into like in it turns into like wheatgrass smoothie instead of going right in the bag you you know like it it's just it's awful clover is awful mowing regular grass is not that bad but uh, so i sprayed some you know weed killer like clover killer that'll leave the grass on it and uh but it's rained so often i hope it took i may have to do it again but i gotcha that's my fight trying to take care of the yard in between deluges of rain. So, do you want a quick raccoon update? Oh, I I was hoping that you weren't going to get rabies or, you know, leprosy from your little buddy out there. Yeah, I don't think they're known to carry leprosy. Um, so today, raccoon update happened like I don't know, 5 hours ago or something. Not that oh, long ago. Oh, this is current. Yeah, it happened Breaking news. today. I'm sitting on the couch working. And Jessie is about to go outside. This is before she goes on her prepper trip to the store. She's about to go outside with the dogs, right? And she goes to up to our side door and she goes, oh, baby, come here. Come here quick. She's whispering. And I know immediately what that is. So I'm like, take the dogs back to the room because I don't want them to scare it away. And sure enough, I look out our door and climbing the little tree by our carport is this baby raccoon. Oh, my goodness. And I open the door, and I start talking to him. I'm like, hey, buddy. How's it going, buddy? And he looks right at me. Doesn't seem that bothered. I mean, it's not. I'm not super close, but close enough to get a good look at him. I mean, it looks yeah. like he's about to go onto our carport. So I have Jesse run into the kitchen and grab some snacks. Because there's no what you, way. What are you trying to feed him this time? Well, this time we were going <laughs> Parmesan crisps. Oh my goodness, he's not going to eat that. You know, come on, raccoons will eat just about anything. I, I know you think that, 
but you need like some cat food or some sliced ham. Okay. It was the first thing I, buddy, I was in a panic. You were like food snacks now. I had to try and get him out of that tree and coming towards me as soon as possible. So it was the I first thing that popped into my head. I didn't have time to make him a peanut butter sandwich. Raccoons love peanut butter sandwiches and my research. You could eat to him. You could leave a trail of Reese's Pieces oh, up to the back door. That's a good one. And then Jesse gets here with the crisps. And by the time I have them in my hand, he's climbed down the tree, up another tree, and over our neighbor's fence. Not to be uh, seen. But he's, he's somewhere around here. He's teasing you. And I, the reason he's coming around is because there is cat food outside. <laughs> Probably. Because he's like... You think I'm hungry. You want to pet me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love me and marry me. Well, that might be taken a little too far, but I do want to pet him. You know what I'm saying. You wish you could make that raccoon an indoor raccoon. No, I. this is the thing. As much as I think that'd be really cool, I don't think it's optimal with our amount of animals. And I, I don't think our house is set up for having a pet raccoon. If, I if, think he would be King Trash Monkey of the house. Like I think everybody would be scared of him, <laughs> like dogs and cats. So if I had unlimited income and I could set up a raccoon habitat in my house, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then, yeah, if he had his own, own little raccoon habitat room that he could chill in at night or when he was sleeping and, you know, these sort of you things, can, that's a different story. You could blow out that guest room window and make like that guest room kind of like an inside outside room and then put a glass wall where the door is. And then they could just have, you know, the raccoons could have that room and come and go as they please. That is not too unsimilar to a guy I watch on YouTube who has a pet raccoon and his channel's called Tito the Raccoon. And he turned a guest bedroom into a whole raccoon habitat. That's where I got the idea. Well, it's good to know awesome. that you and I think similarly. Yeah, yeah. And this guy, Tito. <laughs> so, um, we are now three episodes into the Clone Wars, into the Bad Batch arc. Um, third episode, you know, debuted last week, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Awfully short this time around, like barely twenty minutes. You know, I just uh, this is the sense I got watching it. It was short, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm ready for them to end this story arc because I was impressed by the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. I got to see the Bad Batch and Anakin whip ass. Mm -hmm. And then this episode, I just got more of the Bad Batch and Anakin whipping ass. Not that it's not great. I need some story. Like I need some more information. Yeah. I need some more of what's wrong with Echo and why he was there and. Like, I I don't know. It just seemed like this whole episode was them getting away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, there wasn't really any new bit of information. Like, I would be, er, er, you know, aggravated if that was a lost episode because it didn't get any, no, you know, no no <coughs> new question, no answer, let alone a new question. Yeah. And as far as I understand, it's a four-episode arc, right? So the next episode should wrap everything up, I would imagine, and... Hopefully it sounds once, like I'm complaining about the Bad Batch and Anakin whipping ass, but it was really good. You it know, was what cool. I'm saying? There's some really cool animation stuff, like that final battle with the uh, alien race 
teaming up with uh, the clones yeah. and Anakin versus the Techno Union. Like that shit was really cool. And them sending in like you know the the tri tanks. I'm not sure what they're called, but they got three guns on them and a big bulbous head. Yeah, those things wreck ass. Like they, they wreck on the battlefield. Like they are impressively bad. Um, and I thought the Echo stuff was cool. Man, he's fucked up though. He is. I didn't get a There's, great look at him in the second episode, but you. He's missing an arm. He's got robot legs. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if there's going to be. Like, does this story have, does Echo's story in the next episode have a happy ending, or is it going to be a tragic ending? Are they going to get him back to base and things aren't going so well? Like, I don't know where it goes I'm from here. I'm afraid he's a Trojan horse. Oh, I hope not. I'm afraid he's carrying something bad back to, back to their side, you know, or may not even know it, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I hope if that is the case that he doesn't know it. That would really bum me out if he if he does. I'm afraid he's Trojan horse Manchurian candidate or something, you know yeah. what I mean? Man. Um but yeah, I mean the bad batch are still cool. I don't know like how do you not have a badass four pack of bad batch figures? Ah, right. I mean, that seems like that's the reason they were made. In both scales, like six inch and three and, a, and three quarter. Like, how is that not a thing? Because they're they all look distinct, and their armors are so cool and have like their own distinct look. I just think they would make for killer figures. I just can't understand why it's not a thing. When they first got introduced, I was like, some thirteen year old kid drew these up in study hall. Like they are four, like four different soldiers from the eighties or nineties. Like one is Rambo, you know, one is Goldberg. One is, I don't know, Steven Seagal. One's Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, like they are just like, they're the quintessential group of soldiers from what I, I think about, you know, nineties, eighties, nineties action film. Dude, speaking of Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? I was right? looking up Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff on YouTube the other night it might have been last night as i do from time to time and i came across a video from like a game show or something something from in the 90s i couldn't really get a bearing on where it was from but john claude van damme popped a boner on live tv oh my goodness so like yeah if you're ever interested anybody out there just search for van damme gets a boner on youtube and it'll pop right up figuratively is that what in. you is that what you google to find it I I didn't look for that specifically. Search Van John Claude Van Damme plus boner. Hey Google plus erection. Search John Claude Van Damme boner. Sorry, I'm not sure how to help. Oh, the Google Home does not know how to help with my my JCVD boner. <laughs> yeah, said sorry, I do not know how to help. That's the safest thing she could have said. Mm -hmm. Um. I think he had some show not too long ago recently. It was like a comedy show on like, you know, making poking fun at himself. I don't oh, know. Oh, John Claude Van Johnson. Yes. Yeah. I guess that's it. Is it bad? I watched. So the thing about that show, I don't know if they do it anymore, but like Amazon used to have this thing. I think they called it the pilot program where on Amazon prime, they would put up five show pilots and sort of let people vote on which ones they wanted to become full series. I think that's how it worked. 
And that was one of them. I think the Zombieland TV show was going to be one of them. So okay. I never saw the Van Jean-Claude Van Damme or Van Johnson series, but I did watch the pilot when it came out. And I thought it was okay. But I thought so too. Obviously not okay enough to go and watch the full series. The second 47 meters down is on Amazon Prime, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. What is that? Uh, still okay. The forty-seven first forty-seven meters down. I think it had Mandy Moore and like they go into the shark cages in the great white shark, and then something happens and the cage oh. sinks all the way to the bottom. Nope. And they got to get back up. Yep, I ain't watching that. Uh, there's a second one about some like I think they go to some, like cliff, you know, some cave diving in Mexico, and like I don't know where the great white, you know, the huge sharks come in, but. Uh, yeah, um, I can only imagine like that in a confined space. That's in you know increased terror. I don't fuck with sharks. They scare I mean, the hell out of me. I don't either, but oh, I mean they fascinate me. Um, I don't know what else to say about Clone Wars. To be honest, like I enjoyed the episode, but I don't know that it really gave us anything. At least that's for me, exactly my feeling personally to really dig into. You know. It's like the Matrix Reloaded. Kick ass, lots of action. But I don't know how much it progressed the story. Ooh, I don't know that you can make that same thing, that same statement about Matrix Reloaded, because it progressed the story. I just don't know if it did it in a, in a good way. No. Yeah, I mean, you know, some action stuff. It's just kind of sort of reinforced things that, we had been shown in other episodes. Like it did, it did tease me right at the end that something is really wrong with Echo. Might yeah. not be, or it might be, but it kind of hinted that probably is. I could, I didn't know how to read that personally. That's that's exactly that. I mean, that's what I'm. It was pretty so ambiguous. I was like, huh. Well, yeah, because like Rex is like, we'll get you back home, and things will be like, it'll be like the old times, and then Echo's like. Yeah, and then there's this like face, like the camera like zooms in on his face, and he's like, "Yeah, like old times." Yeah, and I couldn't tell if it was meant to be like hopeful, or creepy, or or ominous. I guess we will find out, like tomorrow, basically. I mean, sadly, I mean, just what I know of storytelling, it's got to be something ominous, right? Can't be happy. Can't just be like, we went and got Echo, and he's great and back on the field and an asset now yeah so if if it was the last episode in the arc you know if that was the ending of the arc then i guess that would be more hopeful than ominous but knowing that there's an episode to go i guess i think they're all four episode arcs then, and he's um, not in rebels is he like with old no, Rex and stuff? no that's what uh, is it wolf and gregor is that their names the other two clones i think it's wolf and gregor okay. i think are their names um you know I, we kind of talked about it when the season started the clone arcs are never necessarily my favorites out of them uh the clones just don't really do it for me personally i'm more interested in like the ahsoka and the jedi and sith and stuff side of the clone wars and this um, may sound totally stupid but I am sitting here watching these episodes, and I'm like, Anakin, like, I need you to use the Force a little more. Like, you could wipe a bunch of, like, just these droids out. 
you know, with one strong ass force push. You know, when they were <clears throat> coming down the pipe, you know, they were the droids were coming at them both sides of that pipe and they had to jump off onto the flying beasts or whatever. Right. And I was like, you, you're telling me, Anakin, you couldn't just wipe one side off and wipe the other side off? Like, I don't know. And that's super nitpicky. And I know, I, I just wonder if anybody else is thinking. Anakin, are you feeling all right? Like you have thrown down with the force, you know, lately, you know, in the series, like, yeah, I think it might just have something to do, you know, you want to give time for everybody else to have their moment to shine. And I agree with that. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, who was it? I think it was Michael Arndt. I think so. Or maybe it was JJ and Lawrence Kasdan when they were talking about writing, uh, the Force Awakens, how they wanted to have Luke show up early, but as soon as Luke shows up, it takes all the focus off of everybody else. And then, it like, does. you know, you, you have trouble coming up with something to challenge Luke. And I think that's a similar thing with the Clone Wars because you do have Anakin and Obi-Wan. And when they show up, there really shouldn't be anything that can give them too much of, of a problem, give them too much trouble. And that makes sense. He's basically just being a good manager. You know, I would be super protective of my clones. Like, I got five of you on this mission. Like, mm-hmm. I really need to make sure everybody makes it out. And he does. Like, he force picks the the brute guy up, make sure he gets up. I like that scene. Um, I love that scene. And uh, I, and I'm sitting there like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Use those force powers. Help your buddies out. <laughs> and, uh, uh but he's really just being a good manager, like I was saying, just being like, they got this. You know, all I have to do is really watch, you know, and oversee. You know, they, they're they totally competent. They can handle this. Yeah, and him fighting the 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 big crazy droid or whatever those things. I can't remember what they're called. I can't either. I'm sure we'll get hounded for it. But that, um, oh, I, I definitely will be getting a text or two that's like, those are called spider droids. Spider um, balloon head droids. Ah, yes, the M1 ah, yes. Spider Balloon Head Droid. <laughs> My favorite. Um, yeah, I can't remember what they call. And then, I'm but I know, and I'll tell you this: when they, when I do get people telling me what it's called, I won't forget it. But I probably will, but I won't forget it. Um, Rise of Kylo Ren, number four. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, is this the last one or is there one more? This is the end. Oh man. (laughs) I thought it was good. I thought it showed, it's so weird because it showed how conflicted Ben Solo was about, you know, you know, betraying his principles until he got mad and then he got mad and he said fuck it all like and i guess not really like he was i'm not sure where the idea to kill ren came from like if he just thought like this is what i you know he's kind of like this is what i'm supposed to do all along or i'm sure snoke was i think snoke was mentally pushing him in that direction yeah and then I mean... ren killed his Jedi buddy. And then that was it. You know, he, that was, it was full on rage after that. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where like they were trying to push him the rest of the way over to the dark side. If I had to guess, 
Right. Um, so, I really enjoyed the series as a whole. It did, and, and you know, this could be a situation where maybe my expectations of, of like, oh, this is what they're going to cover just weren't met. But, like, I do feel like there was a few things that weren't addressed that I kind of thought would be addressed in this. For mm-hmm. instance, we never find out who blows up the Jedi Temple. Was that Kylo that did that? Did he did he just lose that control? that frame makes it seem like he called that lightning down, right? Right, kind of. It could be interpreted. That's it was ambiguous. It's kind of ambiguous, right? Yeah. So we never find out if that was him losing control and causing that to happen uh, because he's so fucked up at the time because of the stuff with thinking Luke's going to kill him and everything. Or Snoke slash Palpatine doing it right. and making Kylo Ren feel like he did it. Right. A we don't Lion King action there. That could absolutely be what it is. We just, as far as I could see from what I read in those four issues, I didn't get an answer to that, right? I didn't either. <clears throat> the other question I've had ever since The Last Jedi is the half a dozen students that left with Kylo. Are, I think they're just kind of he ignoring. said a handful. Handful. Whatever terminology they which has to be five or less i mean just if we're counting on fingers so did now here's my question does luke assume that those three jedi that go chasing after kylo does he think they just left with him and doesn't know that oh they left with him and didn't make it back they didn't leave with him like hey we're coming with you does luke to me he would have to right and like Unless he's already shut himself off from the force. Unless right after that bad shit, he shut himself off from the force, he would think that they went with him, I guess. I think that's... Because clearly, I don't think you can assume that he's been under that rubble this whole time. Because when he comes out of that rubble, stuff is still on fire. Right. Like the temple and stuff. So I think the only explanation, if that is the answer, that it's those students that followed Ben and were trying to bring him back, if that's what Luke's talking about in The Last Jedi, then the only way I can see it making sense, like you said, is if he has cut himself off from the Force at this point. And my other evidence for that is that every other Force user alive in the gal or strong Force user alive in the galaxy felt Kylo Ren's fall to darkness. But Luke wasn't among them. You know, in those panels, you see Leia feel it. Right. You see Rey feel it. You see Palpatine. You, know, you see Palpatine feel it. And, Snoke. and you know, Luke's not in there. Mm-hmm. I did not ex- expect to see Palpatine pop up in that I comic. I didn't either. I mean, I know it was only for like a panel or two, but it was a surprise to be sure. Um, it reinforces the Snoke puppet Palpatine, you know, thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think it further reinforces, because I've seen some people think like Snoke is Palpatine, meaning like, Snoke is just another body that Palpatine has been inhabiting with his spirit, right? I, and I think this shows that that's not the case. Because Snoke's around, and then Palpatine's around. And then you have that stuff from the book that sort of talks about how Palpatine survived and stuff. We won't go into it too much because I don't think that, I still don't think that book's been released to the general public yet. Um, but yeah, I think. That I mean, he could still be a puppet of Palpatine, and he even says, "I made Snoke right in the Rise of Skywalker." Um, 
<clears throat> I'll say this. I thought the coolest part, and this is partially for sel uh, selfish reasons, because this has been my theory, not just mine. I can't take full credit for this. This is something I've seen other people talk about. But since 2017, when we saw The Last Jedi and we got a look at Ben's lightsaber, not Kylo's lightsaber, his blue lightsaber that we see in the flashback, mm -hmm. and how it looks like the cross guard saber, like the the form of it looks like the cross guard saber without the cross guard guard part. My theory has always been that they were one and the same saber, that he tried to corrupt his kyber crystal and cracked it, and therefore created the uh, cross guard saber. He had to modify his old saber, and that's exactly that's what basically it is. exactly what happened. <laughs> so that was a nice little bit. You see him bleeding it and corrupting it, mm -hmm. and then there's this big let loose of energy that shakes the whole ship. And then when he puts it in the saber, he's surprised by how unstable the blade is, and then he modifies it to where it's got the mm -hmm. cross guard vents. And doing it all shirtless, by the way. He's a, yeah, yeah. there's also no that, scene, that scene where, uh, well, they hadn't grown in yet. He hasn't yeah. hit that stage of maturity. Well, don't judge. He him. was a he was an adolescent Ben Swolo. <laughs> um, there's also that, that panel where his eyes do the Sith thing, the Sith eyes. Yeah, when he's corrupting it, when he's bleeding the crystal, that was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought that was a nice nice touch. Absolutely. Uh, I and also really like the scene where, as soon as he kills Ren, all the other Knights of Ren immediately bow to him. Right. That was pretty pretty tight. Yeah, it was. And for as badass as Ren was, he sure went out pretty quick. I mean, I guess it just goes to show the strength of Ben Solo. Yes, it goes to show the strength of Ben Solo and also the limited number of pages. You know what I mean? Like, if yes. this was a five-issue miniseries, you could have had a whole issue of them duking it out with the lightsaber. But they had and a lot of explained his stone skin malady. They never did, did they? They didn't even explain that. Mm-mm. He never took his helmet off again, you know, so there's no point for him being Mr. Handsome Silver Fox or whatever he was like, you know, I don't. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, I, I, as with anything in Star Wars, I imagine it's only a matter of time before we get more Knights of Ren stories in some fashion, you know, before, probably before and after Kylo becomes the leader, you know, it's a matter of time. I also think with as well as this comic has been received and has been selling, like, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think the first issue is on its fourth printing or something. The fourth issue went, that came out this week immediately sold out and went into a second printing. So it's clearly very popular and selling very well for them. I have to imagine they're going to do a follow-up of some sort, you know. There's so much story to explore, and it was so popular. I can't imagine that not being something they want to do. And you could do um, as many issues as you want on the Knights of Ren and what they do, mm -hmm. you know, before The Force Awakens starts. Yeah. I mean, with you, Kylo as the lead. Exactly. You have plenty of time to sort of examine the Kylo and Knights of Ren stuff between the end of Rise of Kylo. Like, uh,. Show us like the whole process behind a either crafting or whatever his mask, the whole thing behind Kylo's mask and like finding Vader's helmet. 
that's another thing they could get into. There's plenty of stuff for them to explore. What's interesting is that really the Knights of Ren's purpose is only really to push. You know, I I just thought it was more, but it's really just to make that final push of Kylo over to the dark side, and then he's got you know a personal personal bruiser squad basically. Yeah, that he doesn't really hang out with for two movies. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more information on those guys, and I have to imagine that as clued in as Charles Sewell was with the rise of Kylo stuff. I also have to guess that there's some of that that he was kept in the dark about. Like, obviously, the movie was far enough in production and things that they clued him in about the Emperor Palpatine thing, but who knows when that was added to the book and all that. Like, that could have been after the movie came out, for all we know. But what I'm saying is now that episode nine is nice and wrapped up and the the trilogy is over, I think that'll open up plenty of opportunity for people to explore stories with Kylo and the Knights of Ren without restriction. Yeah. And without having to worry about butting up against the movies or anything. So I hope they do it eventually. I would love to more hear more about each individual member. I'd love to know more about Ren, the original leader of the Knights of Ren. I'd love to know more about what goes on after the series. So Ty, the Jedi that got his neck snapped by Ren. Oh, brutal. Um, he was succeeding. He, mm-hmm. he was succeeding that persuasion check. And, uh, you know, Ren snapping his neck, obviously put an ended end to that. that. And but I, then it was so cold blooded how Kylo killed the other Jedi girl. Yeah. I mean, she was unarmed, you know, like he took her saber and then just stabbed her through the chest. Like that's not, not even death by combat, yo. Well, and what I thought was interesting, it's Ty, right? He mentions that he and Kylo have some sort of connection, special connection. Yeah. And I don't know what that's all about. Like they kind of just threw that in. And then it makes me wonder, like, is that just because they grew up sort of training together under Luke? Or what? I don't really know. But it was an interesting line that they threw in there. And then. You I mean, know. He's so cold blooded. He's like, you're, you'll never, you're not a Jedi. You never have what it takes. Why do you want to live? Like, bro, that's awful. And he did it with the red saber, which I guess is symbolic. Yeah. But then it just goes to show his avarice and his um, pride that he had a red crystal, right? He had a red lightsaber in his possession that he could have just plopped in his, you know, his saber. But his avarice made him want to bleed his own crystal, right? And no, I didn't even think about that. He's got Ren's saber. But maybe it's also a thing where the ritual itself is more important. You know, like like kind of how like, you know, when... when yeah, how choosing your crystal is like mm-hmm. a... Um, um, a growing lesson right corrupting or bleeding your crystal or whatever they call it maybe that is the sith equivalent of like taking the final one of the yeah one of the have to's to be a sith so i guess looking at it from but i i didn't even think about that that's a good call um yeah overall i really enjoyed the series i could have read like that could have been a monthly title for me like an ongoing title and i'd have been all about it you could have doubled the number of comics you know 10 10 comic run i would have been happy with that 
I also read, I didn't have you read it this week because I think in the grand scheme of things, the rise of Kylo Ren is more important. Once this new series gets a, a few issues in, we'll probably talk about it. But I read the first issue of Star Wars Bounty Hunters. That also came oh, cool. out this week. I saw that in the... <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so check that out when you have a chance. And like I said, we'll let it get... Because it, it seems like um, a bit of a slow burn. I really enjoyed it, but it seems like it's setting up sort of its first story arc. I think that's an ongoing title not a mini series uh, and you know me i'm all about the bounty hunters and it's got a fair bit of bosk and a fair bit of boba fett so it's right yeah. up my alley i'm hoping there's been as far as i know no word about it but i'm hoping the mando shows up at some point in in star in wars the, bounty um, hunters um, yeah oh bounty hunters. old J din jaren i'm gonna have a din hard time getting used to that Just called a tri-droid, by the way. A tri-droid. Boom. Octoptara Magna tri-droid. Nice. Nice. That's way cooler sounding than balloon head spider droid. <laughs> um, it's hard to pronounce. Do you want to... Do you want to uh, jump into some voicemails and some emails? Yep. Yeah, let's do that hear some crap about how mad i was last week i bet you not we actually only have um we only have two voicemails in an email this week so we'll uh we'll be getting through this pretty quick let's see i never do a dude fuck that guy and so when it bottles up towards one specific person it's like the hulk it, it bubbled right up well let's hear a little buddy a dit a little buddy a little ditty from our buddy steve and then we'll hop into these voicemails and emails Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Ruhurt, Cockhead, Hansberger, Cockhead, Will Witt, Cockhead, Goose Paint, Cockhead, G Money, Cockhead, King Tom, Cockhead, Joe, Cockhead, Key and D, Cockhead, Cockhead. All right, first up, we got King Tom. I've been thinking about Kylo Ren, Ben Solo a lot recently. You know, we had the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book finish this week. And for what it was, I thought it was a good, well-told story. But then at the same time, there was a lot more I wanted out of it. So how do we get a sequel or something? Because I want more of that, how he got hooked up with Snoke. And everything that happened after what we saw. So there's more to that story I want. But like I said, it, it got me thinking a lot more about the Ben and Kylo character. And 
Yeah, because it's Star Wars, I think the redemption of Ben Solo was always part of the plan. And people like to compare it to Anakin. When when someone has an issue with the fact that Kylo or Ben is redeemed, people compare it to Anakin. Oh, Anakin did all this, but you were fine with him being redeemed. Why don't you let Kylo be redeemed? And I don't know that's an exact comparison. I'm fine with, with Kylo or Ben Solo being redeemed if that's what he wants. But at the same time, I think he and Anakin come off as two different types of characters. Because, yes, Anakin goes to the dark side. He does all these horrible, murderous, evil things. But at the same time, we see him as a hero. We see him as a good guy. He's flawed. He has problems. We know why he's driven to the dark side. But Kylo... We're only introduced to him as Kylo, and we see that he has struggles with the light, which is a very interesting character point, or aspect of his character, I should say. But at the same time, we never see him as heroic. We're only told that, oh, he, you know, he should be good because he, he has the legacy of the Skywalkers. He's the daughter of Han, or he's the son of Han and Leia. But we never really see him as good. And even even in the Rise of Kylo Ren series, you know, the, 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 the Knights of Ren had him pegged. He never saw action. The one time when Luke faced off against the Knights of Ren, Ben was out there keeping Lor Santeca safe. And, uh, you know, it's just, I feel like, and I don't know how you would have done this, because the three episodes we got was a very condensed story. It didn't didn't really feel like it had room for much more, but I think a lot of people would feel differently about Ben Solo in a more positive way if we saw something heroic out of him. And basically, I want to see what you guys think about that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. I will talk with you later. Hey, yo. Thanks, King Tom. So I, I do think that's an interesting observation. And I think that is one thing that would be cool to see now that it's open to getting stories set before The Force Awakens or before The Rise of Kylo Ren is... There's kind of a hint at it in The Rise of Kylo Ren where he says, you know, the dark and the light both claim me at birth. You know, I I never got to be my only person or I don't believe I'm special. Other right. people believe I'm special. But it would it would be cool to see some heroic Ben Solo adventure stories alongside oh, yeah. Luke. You know, when he's a little when he's a little older than that flashback with the Knights of Ren in the comic. And the other thing is, is it's it's such an interesting thing about the Anakin Skywalker side of it. Because when you really think about it, for years, like damn near twenty years. We didn't, we assumed that about Anakin before he became Darth Vader, but the only stories we had about Anakin were him as Darth Vader. We had a new hope, empire, Jedi, and you know, anything that tied in with that, but we never had like, you know, it wasn't until the prequels came around and the Clone Wars. From, was it Sebastian Shaw showing up in the Jedi robes next Mm -hmm. to Obi-Wan at the end? And you have Obi-Wan in A New Hope saying, you know, he was a good friend, you know, an no, amazing yeah, pilot. We, that's what I'm saying. We could, 
all we really know is that he was a good guy at some point. He was right. Obi-Wan's best friend. We could infer that from, you know, bits of dialogue and things like that, but we had no strong examples. Yeah, no, nothing <clears throat> to go on. So, but, you know, in the same regard, I don't think, at least anytime soon, we're going to be getting the prequels to the sequel movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, honestly don't know that they would be interesting. You know, watching Luke just kind of drag Kylo around and imparting wisdom here and there. That's him not seeing any action. Like that's probably boring. Well, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but that's where you go and, and you make the action, you know, you make it an adventure exploration story without combat or you could put combat in there even, you know, like they could run into some trouble and get into combat. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like lightsaber on lightsaber combat, but there's plenty. Like, think about Luke and Battlefront 2, right? Like, that's a interesting little chunk of a Luke Skywalker adventure story. He's on this planet that's occupied by uh, the Imperial Remnant, and he's looking for um, Walt. that Emperor's fault, right? So you could do stories like that, but have Luke and Kylo together. Um I think that's totally doable. Uh, I just don't know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know really how it would go or where it would, it would, in my mind, you don't have too long of a period before the first issue of the rise of Kylo Ren or when uh, Kylo turns and, you know, like the Luke thing happens and then he runs off. Like, mm -hmm. because the problem you run into if you do it earlier when Kylo's a younger boy, like in the, the issue that was a flashback with the Knights of Ren, like then you've got a kid palling around and not that he can't be involved in adventures, but like, you know, it's hard to get him in space bars. And <laughs> it's, it's a whole tell him Don't take some death sticks. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, kid, watch the car and get us a space cheesesteak. That little glimpse in The Rise of Skywalker that you get of Ben Solo when he shows up to help Ray. Yeah. Like, that that alone makes me want some heroic pre-Kylo Ben Solo stories. I think that could be really cool. And I do think, to, to Tom's point, it would sort of reinforce the redemption arc and also sort of, like, give you more of a reason to root for the guy another one of the things that anakin was an established jedi for you know 15 20 years before he fell right yeah i yeah. don't know that kylo was really ever a jedi he was kind of like padawan that got angsty and rebellious and became a sith i think he was probably i think you would probably consider him a jedi at that point because he was luke's i don't know that apprentice. he had faced any trials though right like well, yeah, but just because we don't know that doesn't mean you can't make that part of his story, you know? I mean, yeah. Like, there's, I think there is plenty of room to to make those stories fit in somewhere. I just don't know that you... Well, for one, you don't have something like the backdrop of the Clone Wars, like yeah. Anakin. Anakin has that benefit. Right. You know? But 
I, I don't think just because there's not some huge intergalactic war going on that you can't have Ben Solo up to some heroic shit in between episode six and seven. You probably have a, a more condensed timeline to do that. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm terrible at this. Like, He's super angsty, man. I don't know. It would make him less angsty. Yeah, which but, I would enjoy, but I don't know is good for the character. But you also you could do the same thing you do for 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 Anakin though. You know what I mean? Like where you show his progression and towards being tempted the towards the dark. Yeah, towards his fall. You know, like you know how last week you were saying that the Clone Wars really gives you more of an appreciation for Anakin's fall in the prequel trilogy. Right, precisely. You could do that exact same thing with Kylo. Yeah. Um. And I was sitting here trying to think. I think he's early to mid-20s-ish when the shit goes down with Luke and he heads off and joins the Knights of Ren, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some years you can play around with there for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's a possibility. <clears throat> I just really want more stories in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, so I think that's part of the main thing that sounds appealing to me. All right. I can understand why. Seems like it was a rel time of relative peace for the galaxy. Yeah. Until Leia had to start a rebellion. All right. Uh, next up, we got one from, from, from our buddy Jim. Hey, Halls and Will. I wanted to let you guys know that I've have actually made some uh, Star Wars buddies at uh, my job. There's 63 electricians, and I've come across some that um, are actually into it. Uh, so it's been pretty sweet. I've been able to talk some shit with them. And uh, I was we were actually got off early on a Friday, and a few of us went to a pool hall, and some intense guy uh, said can't use the light stick always got to use the heavy the light sticks garbage always and i said uh he walked away and i said to my friend only a sith talks and speaks in absolutes and uh you know had a chuckle out of it but it's great to be able to chat with people that actually know what the hell's going on but um so i've heard some bad theories though from some of these dudes the guy that's that i talk he's into the mandalorian and he's remembering um, the Empire Strikes Back, and he said, Yoda said, he, uh, there is another, that's baby Yoda. And I'm like, no, man. Pretty sure they were talking about Leia. Uh, it was 40 years ago, but anyway. Um, oh, and the mirror chamber in Rise, in uh, The Last Jedi, when Rey thinks she sees her parents, it's actually Han and Chewbacca, according to this guy's theory. But uh, it's great. Um, I was wondering if you guys have, what's the worst um, theories that you've heard over this whole sequel saga is my question. All right, guys. Ignite the green. Oh, man. That damn no, there is another line. Boy, does that get trotted out like a show pony. Anytime new force users in that specific era. He says specifically oh, i mean when he's dying he says skywalker right right in the 
in Return of the Jedi, you're 100% correct. He brings it back up. He says, Luke, there is another Skywalker. Right? And yes, he is talking about Leia. But man, when Rebels started, people were like, um, well, maybe he's talking about Ezra. No, no, he's not talking about Ezra. He's talking about Leia. Is it the line from Empire Strikes Back where he's pulling away and it's Obi-Wan and Yoda looking at him and Obi-Wan says, there goes our last hope. And Obi-Wan says, no, there is another. Yeah, is Yoda that... says it. That's the line. Yeah, I was wondering Yoda says it. Yeah. Man, um, I had not heard it said that it was Baby Yoda. No, it's it's not Baby Yoda. Um, man. That's a silly theory. That is a silly one. I'm trying to think of the worst theory I've heard in the scene. Well, to I, me, the worst theory was that Snoke was Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no. Or, or that the big bad, I guess, would be Jar Jar. Jar yeah. Jar. The, the, the Darth Binks theory. Terrible. Darth Binks, yeah. Was Darth Plagueis or something like that? was awful. Now, I totally enjoy people enjoying it for like the meme of it or just joking right, around. Right. It's funny. But if when people took that shit seriously, I was like, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Um, I don't know. So I do have one that immediately comes to mind, but I, I'm not going to say it. It's it's going to get me. It, it, it was a theory about who Snoke really was. And this was like post The Force Awakens. And... Uh, it was a character that was only like in books and stuff. Uh, not the one that everybody initially thought from that. I'm, it was bad. I'm not going to go any further, but it was cringy bad. Um, I'm trying to think. Bad theories. The Darth Binks one was something That's the else. one that's sticking with me. I'm trying to think of another one. And I can't quite up, come up with another one that's you know, real bad. But I should be able to. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of Snoke as Darth Plagueis talk. Yeah. Before The Force Awakens came out, that was pretty bad. I mean, that was bad, but I can see where they were coming from. You know what yeah, I mean? You like, can kind of see the origin of that one, at least. They were trying to bring up what they know was another possible big bad from the past. Right, right. Um, I, I'll tell you one I was never a fan of. This is not a personal shot at anybody. So if this was your theory, this is not a shot at you. But I've just always thought this was a bad theory that Ray was going to be either Han or Leia's daughter with someone else. So it was going to come out that Han had cheated on Leia or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I didn't like that. There's just no way that 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 just makes either of them, like whoever it would have ended up being, look bad. Like it, it makes the character look bad. And then it makes it look like a shitty parent because they're like, well, I had a kid uh, yeah. with someone that wasn't my husband or wife. And so I just, I was like, well, we'll get, we'll sweep this problem under the rug. Leave Once them on I Jakku. realized that she was left on that planet at such a young age, like she can't be a hero's kid, you know, cause then they're the worst dad ever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and the thought that she was going to be a Kenobi somewhere, I would have been cool with it. But like you said, it, I mean, it, it wouldn't make me think any less of Obi-Wan, but you have, you know, you're asking yourself like, well, who did Obi-Wan, you know, get busy with? Well, see that one once again, for your more like read up or engaged Star Wars fan, I can kind of see the origin of that one simply because they establish in the Clone Wars that Obi-Wan and Duchess Satine had a thing, had right? Had feelings, yeah. So you could, but then once again, you work into this weird territory of like, okay, so Obi-Wan and Duchess Satine had a kid, and then that kid was like given away or disappeared and is never brought up again, and that yeah. kid then goes on to have Ray or so on and so forth, right? Like, right, right. It just... Like, it, it seems like it would be too messy. Like, honestly, though, making her a Palpatine isn't much cleaner. But it's yeah. a little easier to... It excuses to... the bad dad. Exactly. In the problem. Right. You, It makes a little more sense. Like, well, well, see, the way it makes sense is because Ray didn't necessarily have bad parents. They were trying to protect her. But if that was one, if that was Luke or Han or Leia... Or whoever, that's, it wouldn't have been excusable, right? Because they would just be like, "Wait, yeah, that's right. We had a kid that you came from a desert planet. Weird. I left a kid there to be protected one time. Huh. I'll be damned. Maybe you guys met sometime." And it does make me that look that Han gives her in the Force Awakens when she's like, "I've never seen so much green in my life." Like I thought that was going to mean something, but it's just kind of. Han's just like, man, that's really sad. Yeah. Like, you're a really sad chick. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think that is the... Now, was that the original intention? I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, that's how it's to be interpreted now. Is that Han is like, man, that sucks. You've had it rough. Because, you know, shortly after that, he offers her the job and stuff. I really like that scene. I wouldn't be nice to you. It doesn't pay much. I really like that scene. That's uh, I, that's one of the what if universes that I would love. What if Ray had, you know, palled around with Han Solo and Chewbacca? Are you yeah. kidding me? That would have been incredible. That would have been rad. <clears throat> All right, you want to go on to our one email for the evening, and then we'll call it a day. Yeah, let's do it. This is from the. This is creatively named Rotten Pork Chop. Gentlemen, greetings from Seattle. I've been listening to the Blue Harvest podcast for just a little over a year and decided that a monetary thank you is long overdue. Thrilled to be Patreon number four at level three with a damn ass shirt coming my way. Want to bounce a Mandalorian slash the Rise of Skywalker connection off you two. I have a theory that the client and Moff Gideon were working for the remnants of the Empire still loyal to Palpatine and his Sith, Sith alkalites to collect DNA slash midichlorians slash force juice from highly force sensitive beings like baby Yoda to keep Darth Sidious quote unquote alive all those years and to work on the creation of a clone body that could re reliably hold his dark soul. What do you think? Thanks for putting out a genuine and fun star Wars podcast. Cheers. Rotten pork chop. Mm. I'm not opposed to this idea. I'll be honest. Yeah. 
And this is what makes me wonder because during sort of the promotion of season one of Mandalorian or the lead up to season one, there was an interview with Dave Filoni and John Favreau where they said something to the effect of, you'll see the seeds of the creation of the first order in the Mandalorian. And I mean, I guess you could kind of see something like that because you do have someone like Moff Gideon out there still holding, you know, at least a, a pretty sizable amount of power. He's got equipment and stormtroopers and they're all shiny and look nice. They're not all beat up and shit. Um, but there is some sort of answer to why they want that baby Yoda so bad. And the Palpatine thing, like if it is related to Palpatine, like I could see that making a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I have no idea one way or the other if they're going to go that way. But once you in- introduce the force in this way in between return of the Jedi and the force awakens, it is wide open to connect to either side, right? Mm-hmm. To the dark side or the light side. Now, hopefully they don't get a hold of the little bastard and do experiments on him and shit and use him for those purposes. That'd be a bummer. Right. It would, but I, I, I could see it going that way. It is <laughs> referring to Jim's voicemail. I don't think that's a terrible theory. No. Um, the question just becomes like, how much of that will they get into in the next season or however many there are? If I have to um, answer that, probably as little as they can. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I think, depends on how open everything is now that the sequel trilogy is is done. My personal hope would be that it's it's wide open you know explore whatever you want as long as it doesn't really step on anything or or override anything but you know now that we don't have to worry about the sequel trilogy it's done then take those opportunities i just don't know would people the the basis of the theory aside would people be bummed or disappointed that it ended up connecting with the larger story as a whole because they want this to be sort of a separate thing, you know, separated completely from the saga or would they like that type of connection? I don't really know. Well, I mean, you've established that Palpatine's been pulling strings even since, you know, the second he got obliterated in the second Death Star. So, He's saying like he doesn't know what Moff Gideon's up to. It's probably I mean he probably knows exactly what he's up to. That's a good point. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. And I guess it would. I'm just trying to think. I guess it would make sense for that sort of part of the empire to be connected with Palpatine and the Sith Alkalites and stuff, because I think the rest of the empire remnant or most of it, maybe I'm wrong, but at this point have already gone out into the unknown regions. 
like after the treaty or whatever is signed, after the Battle of Jakku. Like some of them go off into the unknown regions and start building up the First Order. Okay. So <laughs> I think most of them there are out there. So if there is like this, this legion or this, you know, contingent of the Empire that's still operating in the outer rim but still within like the the major part the known galaxy i guess it could make sense that they're more closely associated with the secret spooky doings of palpatine Hmm. an allegiant general pride yep he's been in on it from the beginning Mm mm-hmm Because he tells Palpatine, like, oh, I'm going to serve you like I did in the old war. So <coughs> he was he was part of the Empire back in the day. Yeah. Hmm. Something to think about. I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea. Because they want him for something. And I think that is a matter of time before we have that question answered. And I'm not opposed personally to having that answer be tied into the sequel trilogy or the the saga as a whole i mean it can only be a couple things they either want to like replicate his ability for their evil purposes or they want to groom him as an evil being instead of a good one or they just want to kill him you know like i figure those are your only options right but okay so replicate his ability or use him for some sort of scientific shenanigans to me that probably has the strongest chance of likelihood because they don't want him dead they want him alive the client does say say like you know bounty hunting is a complicated profession so we're willing to accept the bounty dead but they kind they definitely seem to prefer to want him in alive right I'm just being pragmatic. Pragmatic. Um, so, and then you said, so I don't think it's that they just want him dead. Um, and it definitely seems like they want to do scientific experiment type shit on him. Because when the Mando breaks into that bunker to steal baby Yoda back, like, they're taking blood tests and scanning mm. him and shit. Yep. I don't know. I guess we uh, will find out eventually. And I thought that doctor was going to have more to do in the series. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Mr. Conflicted Doctor, Nurse Taker, or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if that character shows back up sometime later in the For series. For some reason, did he not get shot in the whole exfiltration? No, because he, he's like, he pleads with Mando, saying like... You're right. Like I helped him, you know, I, you know, I kept him from, alive. yeah, I, I kept him from getting hurt and stuff like that. I don't want to hurt him. And so the Mando leaves and doesn't kill him. Now, right. <laughs> does Werner Herzog take care of his ass after it all goes down? And he's like, oh, you let this happen and then have him killed. Well, now that, that could be. And then you also got to keep in mind something that we don't bring up often is that doctor, Dr. Pershing, I believe is the character's name has a Camino and cloner emblem on his jacket. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. That's, 
that's deliberate, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Again, I said this last week, but I just cannot believe the Kaminoans were in it from the beginning, like in league with Tyrannus. Yeah, and in that episode where you find that out, they're fucking menacing. They are. Those long and they act bastards. like they're, you know, they're neutral or something. But uh, if they're making saber darts, they're not neutral. They're making weapons. Yep. A Kaminoan saber dart. It depends on how polite you are and how big your <laughs> pocketbook is. Ah, Dex. Ah, Dex. May he age well into the special, <laughs> special edition. <laughs> well, I think that does it for us this week, buddy. I'm going to take a quick look. That was a good see. one. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick look and see if um, we got any emails in the last little bit. Doesn't look like it. <clears throat> so if you guys um, enjoy the show, Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us. Oh, you know what I forgot to do the last two weeks? Do? And I for, almost forgot it this week. Reading out our new reviews. Trying to get uh -oh. us to 200 reviews. We're at 185 now. So we're moving on up. Uh, the last two that we got. One from Dum Dum Dugan. He says, as refreshing as cold sweet tea on a hot summer's day. Your best source for all things Star Wars and some things not Star Wars. And then we have from Phil from Phillipsburg. I only listen to podcasts when I'm in the car. I find myself coming up with excuses to drive around just so <laughs> I can listen to Halls and Will. They are the best. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate that. Yeah, that's kind. You want to be like Dum Dum Dugan? Marvel royalty? And uh, Phil from Phillipsburg? Why don't you leave us a five-star review on iTunes? It really helps us out. And if you like our theme song, be sure to check out the band who was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And we'll see you guys next week, where we'll at least be talking about Clone Wars and whatever else happens. And until then, uh, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wynn. May the Force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.